you're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Hello and welcome to Rock Bottom Radio, where today is our annual Pearls of Wisdom show. Before we get started, remember, Rock Bottom Radio is brought to you by Dryject. I know, you hear lots of folks talking about ways to improve putting surfaces, but let me tell you, I've been around a long time, starting back when airification was a brutal exercise, often with minimal results. Does anybody remember that air fire that resembled an open crankshaft? Talk about risky. Anyway, we've come a long way, and out in front is Dryject, without a doubt the best way ever to manage greens. Give them a call. Tell them Rock Bottom sent you. Do you know how to run a low-budget golf course? Do you think it would be less stress than running a big-budget club? Well, it used to be low stress back before every club out there began trying to look TV in order to compete with what amounted to twice as many golf courses brought online while the number of golfers remained the same. Let's talk about Rock Bottom's skeletal golf theory in terms of low-budget stress reduction. Remember, it won't be long now, guys and gals. Before we know it, warm weather will return, and so will the play, tournaments, disease pressure, and golf carts. Along with that comes a tiny measure of stress. So here are a few ideas from our Vault of Wisdom to help you armor up against job stress. Defuse job stress with a de-stressor. For my de-stressor of choice, I have always preferred intense exercise. Intense. I'd rather exercise out in the fresh air. Intense activities like trail running or hiking with a ruck or mountain biking gives you two important ways to defuse stress. First, during intense exercise that lasts, say, more than 30 minutes, your brain releases a natural opiate called endorphin. It makes you feel great, and in some cases it can even trigger that magnificent I-don't-care feeling that you had as a teenager. I still have that feeling. What's the second thing? Well, all those things I mentioned put you out in the forest where you can forest bathe, absorbing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the one that told you about forest bathing. What about golf? Can't it de-stress you? That's funny. Golf has a de-stressor. Listen up. Golf is not intense. Therefore, you don't get any endorphins. Also, it's not golf if you're playing your own golf course. You're still at work. It's only golf if you're playing somebody else's golf course. I got another theory about forest bathing. You ever notice how mesmerized you get when you're hiking and you come across a waterfall? Yeah. Well, some scientists think that falling water does something to the ions in the water and it creates a positive feeling in humans. Maybe that's why some golf architects are always putting those fake waterfalls on the golf course. Because folks are depressed after playing a few holes? Depends on the architect. Maybe we should conduct some research. Like what? Well, let's go over to Bug Tussle Ridge and play the back nine. They got one of those fake waterfalls, and we could see if it makes us feel better than, you know, like that real waterfall out there on our hike. All right. Hey, Buford, watch the pro shop. We got to go conduct some science. All right, guys. I never get to go conduct golf science. That's a good shot. Maybe two more whacks at it and you can be up there with me. Between the steroids and you buying every new golf advantage out there, you're just a big cheater, Ludell. Okay, Cletus, you're up. Alrighty. Damn, damn it. Yeah, you talked it. You know what causes that, right, Cletus? Bending my left arm. No, a bad swing. Okay, Mama, you're up. 
I got all of that one. Look at that trail left behind the ball. It's just like on TV. I want one of them balls. Is that a special ball, Mom? No. I just try to tear the cover off it. Hey, look over there. It's the mayor and his wife. Always wondered how she plays golf in a full-length fur coat. He sure likes them hipster yoga golf pants. Uh-oh. She sees us. Oh, yoo-hoo. Miss Ludella, don't you just look interesting today? I look the same every day. Boots and overalls. I can't just lollygag around like some folks. I have to work. Yes, we were discussing how hard you worked just yesterday. Who is discussing me? Why, the Junior League, of course. I suppose you were planning on rushing me? It's not a sorority, dear. Oh, you gotten mighty uppity since you married the mayor. I remember when you was fired from the awful waffle for putting out your cigarette in Darlene Judson's grip. I hate Darlene. Took her to the drive-in once and she hopped in Daddy Matthew's truck and went off mudding. Well, I absolutely refuse to gossip about folks, but Darlene is just horrible. She's just an ordinary little hussy that didn't manage to marry the mayor. Miss Ludella, if you're looking for a fight, you've come to the right place. I'll yank that fake wig off your... Mama, it wasn't fair. You didn't even give us time to place a bet. Hey, mayor, come get your wife. She done fell down drunk again. Y'all hush, I'm trying to play golf. Can't even hear myself think. Reminds me of the time I was 400 par with two to go and John Reitman kept playing the Allman Brothers live at Fillmore on his phone. That's better than Kiger doing the Irish skiddly diddly for 18 holes. You airmailed that one way over the green. All that skiddly diddly talk must have got under your skin. Now is the mayor's wife waving her backside around like a parachute in the high wind. Is the mayor wearing pantyhose? No, that's the new Under Armour all golf leotard. It's sad when old folks try to dress hip. Looks like he might burst open any minute and kill some innocent bystander with elastic shrapnel. Cletus, you're away. Hit. Hey, Cletus, how'd your little experiment with the phone book work out? Well, I called everybody in the phone book named Cletus, but the line was always busy. Good shot, Ludell. Where are you going? Your ball is on the green. Uh, I gotta go find a tree. Too much coffee at the turn. Hold on, I got an app for that. An app for what? For finding the right tree. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I'm a grown man. When I need help finding a tree for a nature break, I'll just turn in my man card. Hey, not that tree, Liddell. Liddell, that's the wrong tree. What's wrong with that tree? Look here, see a red circle around that tree? What does a red circle mean? Fire ants. Okay, so this must be the waterfall. Does it make y'all feel better? Makes me feel like somebody wasted some serious money. Makes me feel like I gotta find another tree. We don't need one of these waterfalls. We've already got a fountain on number 17. Mama, that's the main line break we ain't fixed yet. I keep it ISO'd except on hot days. Hey, you watch that film on veganism for athletes? Uh, was a game changer? Yeah, I did. I've always been a partial vegan. You mean a pagan? Well, I read where it's a bunch of vegan propaganda hokum. These folks debunked it real good. Well, the debunker is the first website that came up after the name of the film. Let me show you something. Pull it up on the computer. Okay, there it is. Now look carefully. You'll see it's some kind of a beef lobbyist. And look here. Check out this weightlifting coach that debunked veganism for athletes. He looks real healthy, doesn't he? Looks like he might explode any minute. If I was him, I'd stay away from sharp objects. So who do we believe? Nobody? Quite often, the truth is in the middle between the two adversaries. But the middle is rarely exciting and doesn't generate that fiery passion, so in a word, it's, well, it's boring. And it probably won't make much money. I don't get it. You ever heard of all things in moderation? See, that's in the middle. 
It's like chocolate pie. One side's telling you to eat as many pies as you want because you only go around once, while the other side's telling you to never, ever eat even one slice of pie as it will surely lead to eternal punishment. That is extremism. Truth is, you can probably eat a slice of pie once a month and not suffer, but that's not what the two extremes get paid for telling you. I like pie. I know. Since you're in the mood for pontificating, answer me this. What's all this uproar over concussions? Is there a middle there? I know a young man who wants to play hockey, but his mother's concerned about concussions and will only let him play golf. So we're losing football and hockey due to concussions? That worries me, because football and hockey and rugby are really the last sports that can impart warrior training to our young people. Funny thing is, I've heard folks say things like, I'll not let my kids play football. Too big a chance of concussions. It's soccer for us. I played soccer once and got a concussion. Mostly from pounding my head against the bench because it was so boring. Could be soccer is even more concussion happy than football. Have you ever headed the ball? You jump up in the air and whack the ball with your forehead? I only did it once and it rattled my brain real good. Felt like when I used to box and took a hard overhand right to the forehead. You know, I've been to games where young girls are heading the ball and the parents are cheering. In football, I took a real good shot to my skull one time during something called the Oklahoma Drill. You know, we're going at each other like gladiators. Football pads just make things worse. During my first season of school football back in 1965, we played without pads and helmets. Because, you know, without that high-impact plastic armor, we were reluctant to let our heads be the first body part to arrive at a collision. But after wearing that helmet, we became fearless. See, now the modern helmet's really just a weapon. So what's your up-bottom wisdom on concussions? Well, if you want to avoid your kids getting concussions, let them play golf. But, you know, without golf carts. Or sign them up for cross-country. Running's fairly free of concussions, as is swimming or tennis or the debate team. But they're still going to get concussions. How? Where's the cranial impact from debating? Well, without the warrior training, the kids will probably be targets for the school bully. Ain't no bullies in schools anymore. You obviously haven't seen that algebra teacher over at high school. Oh, yeah. I forgot about her. Everything's different now. Remember when we used to ski wearing just a little stocking cap? Now they want us to wear a helmet. Soon our nanny state will make it mandatory for the golf course crew to wear hard hats. What with the potential for concussions on the golf course? Then it'll become mandatory for golfers to wear hard hats, and that'll evolve into expensive helmets that make a fashion statement, and before long they'll have music in them with special Bluetooth stuff and flip-down lenses for reading yardages and putts and surfing social media while you're waiting for Chubbs up there to hit it, but he won't hit it because he's reading his social media and overreacting to what you said on Twitter about how slow he is, and then, well, then we won't need the beer card anymore because your helmet is GPS trackable and the beer drone from the clubhouse will show up and... Drop off another six-pack, and over the long haul, all these frequencies inside your head from Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and microwaves will cook your brain far worse than what a concussion would do, and then there's the destabilization that occurs from too much screen time on a place you used to go to get away from screens. You got any wisdoms on this distance study of the RNA and USGA? Not really. The alphabets that oppose those alphabets will generate volumes of data to support their contention that the ball and the toaster-sized club heads are fine. They'll make sure that a horde of dainty golf pros will take over every golf forum shrieking all is well and trying to force us to drink their dead-burned Kool-Aid. So they don't care about the long-term health of golf, just like them Augusta Syndrome deniers. No, they don't. They hide behind endless charts and graphs and statements like, the young folks of today are so much fitter than 25 years ago. Well, are they a lot more fit now? Well, they must be. 
That's why the military's had to drop the physical standards again and again and again. Speaking of fitness, did you know that cognitive awareness is improved by regular intimate relations? Really? That's right. Hey, do you think President Reagan will be reelected? It's story time. No, it's not. Well, of course it is. This is the time of the show where you tell a story. Now get started. How about instead of story time, I'll discuss skeletal golf theory and the coming resurgence of low-budget golf course maintenance. Ain't nobody want to hear that. Tough, because if the economic cycle slows down, we're not going to have giant budgets and $100,000 just to spend on bunkers. The bottom 40% of golf needs a contingency plan. But I read that things are great. Stock market's flirting with 30000 and folks are coming into golf through them disco bowling alley driving ranges. You know what a membership at one of those places costs? $225. It's about the same as if you joined a nice mid-level club. That means we're competing with them. And the next wave will probably choose that option rather than green grass because they can just lay about like Jabba the Hutt listening to disco, whacking balls at video game targets, all while bucket loads of liquor and tater tots are hauled out to their gaping maw, and they don't even have to go find the ball. So how do we compete with that? Because I've got to tell you, it sounds pretty enticing to me. You want a story? Here's a story. I was running a golf course, purely skeletal, no crew, and Pong, the new part owner numbskull guy, hired an assistant from a big tour stop golf course across town to replace me. I was going back to college. The assistant had spent his entire career as a clipboard assistant superintendent and had no idea how to dig a hole, fix equipment, or make things happen without a 23-man crew and a garbage sack full of money. He had no idea how to lead from the front, having spent his entire life leading from the back. He could not adapt. And before long, he was mowing lawns while the course became a field of condos. What are you telling me? That economics is not linear. It's not a science. Things go up and down. They fluctuate. Golf will be fine, but the current model of golf course maintenance is not sustainable. We need to be flexible and capable of adapting to a different model of operations. Golfers will still play the game, they just won't have $80 to spend. We can turn them into loyal customers if the price isn't so insane. I think you're just worrying about nothing. you got to quit watching that business channel. Everything's going to be fine. Normalcy bias. Ever heard of that? It's when folks think that just because things have been a certain way for a time that they will always remain that way. And they can't fathom any kind of change. And that, well, that leads to a lack of preparation for change. Normalcy bias, huh? Well, ain't nothing normal about me, so I got no worries. I was just watching the debates. So I want y'all to go drag that old gang more out of the bushes and rebuild it while we can still get parts. And where's that push greens mower? I've been mowing my practice green at home with it. Go get it and backlap it. Willie, next head that breaks, replace it with a quick coupler. I'm going to go sell off our cart fleet. All four of them? What about our lazy clientele? We can adapt. They can adapt. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for future episodes. 